everybody, and welcome once again to the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, we did a number 10 earlier today. Now we're switching to the other end of the midfield. Everybody loves a good destroyer, right? No? Is it just me? No, yeah, I'm definitely with you there, Austin. I, I think there's something quite carnal and primal about seeing someone who is more about the destruction than the creation. So, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one as well, I think. Tom, we are joined by somebody who might be someone who doesn't enjoy a destroyer, and that's the number 10 here at the World Football Index. Simon Edwards, all the way from Eddie in Columbia. Uh, we're thankful that he decided to join us once again. Simon, are you a fan of, of a destroyer in the midfielder, or do you try to stay away from those guys? No, absolutely. I need I need uh, two of these kinds of players to sit back and do the defending so I can be fully luxury in my number 10 role. So I am fully appreciative of this kind of player doing all the work behind me. There you go. There you go. There you have it. Uh, we are talking about Wilmar Barrios today, the Colombian at Boca Juniors. That's why we have our Colombian football expert there in Simon. And we also have Tom, who watches Argentine football. So a good podcast coming up. Tom Barrios in his second year at a Boca Juniors side that look as though they're going to win the Argentine Domestic League. Maybe not in impressive fashion, but going away. They're one of the Libertadores' favorites. Tom, what have you made of Barrios at, at Boca Juniors, and what can you kind of speak about uh, as far as his role is concerned? Yeah, Barrios has made a really good impression with the, the Boca faithful. He's definitely the type of player they they love to to see. They, they kind of prefer it a bit more attritional, and they like to see someone who puts all their heart and, and energy into it. And Barrios is definitely one of those defensive midfielder who's, uh, yeah, just all over the place making challenges and and just kind of shielding the defense so he, he's kind of per- perfectly suited to the club and he was actually recommended by Mauricio Serna who's a bit of a Boca legend another Colombian midfielder and he kind of he came in in the summer of 2016 for about 2.5 million and um, sort of a raft of Colombians coming into Boca with like Fabra, Perez, Cardona and he, he kind of struggled for game time at first because there was a sort of preferred midfield three of Perez, Bentancur and Gago. But when Bentancur went off to the under-20 World Cup with Uruguay, Barrios got his chance and Boca immediately looked a lot better with him. And they, that kind of really helped them over the, the line with their last title win. And then, obviously, Bentancur has gone off to Juventus and Boca fans weren't really that fussed about it because he was kind of seen more of a, a kind of a Rolls-Royce kind of player who didn't, didn't really grab games by the scruff of their neck in the way that Barrios does. And ever since then, Barrios has been a regular for Boca and he's um, arguably probably their most important player, even though players like Tevez and um, Pavon pr- probably get more attention. So, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a fan's favourite at the Bombonero already. Simon, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, no, absolutely. He's um, he's nicknamed the octopus as well, um, as he's always, you know, pouncing here, pouncing there. He's all, all over the place with with his tentacles um and he's yeah he's a real player that you just love to have in your team whenever the ball's loose you know he's going to be on it you know you the kind of player you hate to play against your touch is a little bit off he's going to be snapping at your heels he's all over the place he's he's quite again he's very tenacious but he's also not particularly hot-headed in the in the style that some defense midfielders can be he, he'll put himself about but he seems to be quite a, a calm individual generally um has that combative edge to him but but is is a very much a, a team player a player that you like to see covers a lot of ground 
And when he gets the ball as well, he's, he's, he's very tidy on the ball generally. He can play some nice passes, knows his role, has only scored four goals across 142 uh, appearances. He knows what he does best and, and he does it for the team. And he's, yeah, absolutely. I can completely understand why he's become so popular there in Argentina. Tom, the second Simon said that his nickname was the octopus, I, I could feel the wheels turning in your head. So <laughs> I'll give you another second to, to come up with that pun that I know is just waiting in the wings. Simon, you mentioned the goals, uh, only only four of them. And, and as I pointed out to you pre-pod, two of those came against Jaguares. And the rule in Colombia is anytime there's an animal name in the team name, it, it's probably not that great of a team. So not an impressive goal scoring record. No, but that's definitely definitely not what he's about. And I think in some ways, if you have a defensive midfielder who's popping up with a load of goals, he's doing something wrong or at least not following the manager's instructions. He's the kind of player who will win the ball 10 times and lay it off to the, to the, to the playmaker or play it out wide and occasionally slip a more penetrative pass as well, but very much a, a real asset to any team. The kind of player who, and I'm sure we'll discuss it moving forward, but the kind of player who would fit into any squad. Whereas I mentioned previously about Jason Guzman and how it's going to be tricky to find a team which will suit his his number 10, his luxury playmaking style. Barrios is the complete opposite. You stick him in any team, probably play him in pretty much any position defensively and, and he'll do a job and he'll be everywhere and he'll be committed, which is, again, one of his real strengths. I think most teams in Europe could find a place in their squad for someone like Wilma Barrios. What you got, Tom? I gave you a little time. <laughs> I've got absolutely nothing. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's a moment. win for the podcast. I'm, a win I'm for the podcast. Very sorry. Yeah, you you stitched me right up. But yeah, I would I would definitely uh, agree with uh, Simon's assessment there. And and like you were saying earlier as well, that his passing is a lot better than you'd expect. I think it's averaged about eighty five percent pass completion rate this this year. And and another thing that I really like about him is that he he's just been so consistent over not only that his time at Boca, but he, it seems like he's never gets injured. He's played like 50 games a year for the last three or four years now. And yeah, I was just kind of wondering um, if Simon kind of thinks maybe if he flew under the radar a bit because he was at uh, Tolima there or or how he, how he was kind of seen, if, if he's maybe more of a late developer by by other Colombian talents. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he was always in and around kind of youth national teams but I think um, with Tolima it's not a team that has a great deal of personality or identity it's not an Envigado or a, or a Deportivo Cali that has these youth players it's not a team that's going to win many trophies he won the Colombian Cup with Tolima and they did have Jimmy Charter there at one point which is again a very high profile player um, but it's a team that's much of a muchness you kind of see them in the middle of the league every season and, and nobody really pays attention to them unless you're playing against them, really. So I think that did, you know, coming from that side, you know, it got him a lot of minutes, it got him that development, but I think he was somewhat overlooked given that he wasn't out uh, a team with a great reputation for youth development with a kind of a view to exporting players or one of the bigger sides in the country. Um, I think it was a side that suited his play and he did very well there, but he didn't necessarily have the chance to shine. You know, often with a defensive midfielder, if they're not making those, you know, taking those risks, they're doing their job. If they're not doing that job at a team which is winning trophies, they can really be overlooked. Um, I've definitely noticed that with Envigado. George Saunders is, is one of the best defensive midfielders in the country, but no one's ever going to notice because they just see him as a, 
defensive midfielder in a team that's you know in the middle of the table doing nothing and I think I think that may have hurt him for a while um but uh he was always considered a good player but it wasn't like there were loads of clubs scrambling to get his signature before he made a move and Tom at 24 he is kind of on the back end of the, of the scouting spotlight range which, which isn't necessarily any set of numbers that we've set out but 24 is Definitely a bit later for a player still in South America who's yet to make that move to Europe. Uh, Betis in Spain are reportedly interested. You heard Simon say earlier that he's the type of player who, who could just slot into any squad. And this might be one where the move to Europe doesn't really matter where he goes because everybody needs that type of player. And as long as he continues to play at this level, he should be successful, no? Certainly. And I think that Betis link is, is really interesting because they're kind of a bit of a, a bit of a hipster choice at the moment. They're, they're upwardly mobile. I think last, last time I checked, they were fifth in La Liga and, and they've got a very promising manager in Kike Setien. Um, so, you know, I think if Bar- Barrios was to join them, that could be a bit of, you know, a sign of intent from them as they look to do some, some smart business to maybe consolidate themselves as a, a top half team or a team that's getting into Europe. Um, again, he, yeah, he, he might not necessarily be a starter there, but he's got the passing ability to fit in there. He's got the defensive side, which I'm pretty sure they've, one of their issues has been conceding too many goals this year. So I think if he was to come in, that would be an ideal replacement. Um, and aside from that, it's, it's an absolute great club in a brilliant city, really passionate fans and in a good old stadium. So if I was Barrios, I'd, I'd be, you know, biting their hand off to, to get over there. I, th- I believe he's their plan B if they can't sign Sanderberg, who's a highly rated Norwegian at Genk. Um, and I think Genk are holding out for about 15 million. So maybe if that transfer doesn't go through, then uh, Barrios will, will make that move to Seville. So it, I think that that would be a very interesting one. But as we've kind of talked about already, he is that type of player who could fit into pretty much any league in Europe and and do a job. I mean, he's certainly got that athleticism um, and energy to just kind of be uh, maybe not quite an Ungolo Kante, but certainly more in that mould than, a I don't know, a a Mascherano or someone who throws themselves into challenges and just a kind of someone who goes about their business nicely. So, yeah, I think... There were going to be plenty of clubs interested in him, and especially if he has a good World Cup, then I think that that will definitely see lots more clubs coming in for him. Simon, Tom brought up the World Cup there. Barrios has gotten some experience in the Colombia squad, started four times in World Cup qualifiers, made six appearances during the CONMEBOL World Cup qualifiers, played at the 2016 Olympics with the Colombian side, uh, has played in some friendlies for Colombia. What do you make of his World Cup chances? Is he somebody that you see fairly safely in the squad? Is he somebody you think will feature at the World Cup? Obviously, with Peckerman, he loves to play a lot of players, and his World Cup squad is certainly by no means finished at this point. I don't think Peckerman knows what he's going to do with his 23. But how do you see Barrios fitting in there? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to go to the World Cup. He's played seven times in qualifiers now, so he's been kind of under the radar, but he's he's been popped up in a few games here and there. Uh, in terms of you know his starting chances, I think if it's based upon level and ability alone, I think he starts for Colombia. But the question for Colombia is getting that balance right. So I think Carlos Sanchez, 
former Aston Villa man, Carlos Sanchez, who's a lot better than most of our English listeners will believe, um, is probably the first name on the team sheet in some extent for Colombia in the middle. And it's who complements Sanchez or who fills in the spaces that Sanchez leaves. And I think the similarities in terms of athletic ball winners who can pass, but aren't necessarily the most creative or, or kind of tasked with building the play, I think he may suffer uh, with being a little bit too similar to Carlos Sanchez in that regard. I think Carlos Sanchez's starting position is pretty much secure. He's been very, very good for Colombia. There's been games where he's marked Messi out of it. I mean, again, Tom, I don't know if that's something you've seen Aston Villa very often, but uh, for Colombia, he's superb. So I think the question is who plays alongside Carlos Sanchez. Now, Wilma Barrios has been very good for Colombia, played very, very well in some of the friendlies. So I think he's in he's in the running, but there's always a question with whether the manager will go for an Abel Aguila, who isn't even playing very regularly for Deportivo Cali, but has always been a smart, reliable choice for the national team, uh, or whether he goes for someone, again, more creative, maybe a Cantillo, a late shout, or, or someone who kind of fills that creative role alongside Sanchez. I think it all depends whether he wants Sanchez to be kind of the mixed midfielder who pushes on and supports, uh, James Rodriguez or whoever plays in front or whether he wants Sanchez to be that sitter and therefore have someone alongside him who will maybe fulfill that role a little bit more. So I think he's completely in the shout. I think he's one of uh, three or four who's going to have that that spot. Um, Colombia have a lot of good players in that position. Jefferson Lemo is another young player who's done very well. Um, there's a few different options they have there alongside Carlos Sanchez. But on ability uh, and on contribution, he was very impressive against uh, against France uh, he played he played some some good passes and he's, he was impressive in the friendlies recently so I think he's definitely in with a shout he'll definitely get minutes at the World Cup um, it, all the question is whether he'll start and I think that's more of a tactical question than a question of his ability at this stage well I certainly hope he does uh, better than Carlos Sanchez did in <laughs> Velocet I think the last time I saw him play he was getting torn apart by Jamie Mackey and Bobby Zamora in a, in a loss to QPR so I mean I always had a lot of um, time for Carlos Sanchez and, and I think he just came into Villa at a, a really bad time so I, I was wanting him to do well I was one of the few people supporting him I think but yeah hopefully um, we can see you know the international Sanchez and and hopefully Barrios can provide him with some competition and uh, and be a good whether it be understudy or, or maybe as part of a double pivot in midfield, who knows? Um, so I, I'm really intrigued to see that selection headache that Peckerman has there. feels like Peckerman has a lot of selection headaches, and, and that'll probably be a topic of discussion on a South American football show soon. Simon, is there anybody in the team other than Hamas that you feel confident that will be starting for Colombia? Well, I think Hamas and Falcao will start. I just don't know if... <laughs> If they'll start in a way that suits either of them or both of them, or that's the big question. I think for me, Colombia's biggest question, I think perhaps the centre-back option with Mina, one of the early spotlight pods, no? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a spotlight, <laughs> he's a spotlight alumnus. Was Davison Sanchez one or did he, did he miss no, the spot? I don't think that was a spotlight pod. We did do a podcast oh, okay. on Davison Sanchez when he moved though, but I'm that's pretty true. sure he was already in Europe at that point. He was before well, the spotlight era. Well, those two World Football Index favourites are going to start in defence, I'm pretty sure. Fabro at fullback, Arias at fullback seems pretty certain as well. Although there's a few questions there. And then James, Falcao, Cuadrado, 
Carlos Sanchez, I think are all going to start. But <laughs> how you put that into a team is is more of a more of a challenging question. Falcao needs someone next to him. Um, but if you put someone next to Falcao, then you need to get Hamas to do some defending, which he doesn't like doing. So this is the question for Colombia. How do they fit all these talented pieces together and, and turn it into a team that works? It will uh, certainly be well, interesting to see how, how Peckerman decides to handle that. Final question for you, Tom. What do you see as kind of the ceiling for Wilmar Barrios? Is it a, a Betis-like club? Could you see him in, in one of the big, big European clubs? Where do you kind of see this career going from here? Obviously, already at 24, has time, certainly, but maybe not as much as some of the other players we've profiled. Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, because you, you could see him slotting anywhere, to be honest. He, he's that he's in that position that can often be under understated and underrated and that's kind of been the story of his career so far you know he's he's only just maybe breaking waves in as a 24 year old but who knows if if he slotted into the right team with the right manager he could he could suddenly become you know that that hipster choice of underrated person pinning pinning a side together someone who just does the dirty work and and allows others to flourish so yeah it's you know if i think it's all about the system really and i i personally think that you, you wouldn't want to see him make too big of a jump to begin with but he's certainly able to go into well i believe any top flight league in europe um i like the betty shout i think they're a really interesting team to watch and i think you know he'd, ha- he'd have plenty to do there but yeah, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see where he does end up because it's it, it's definitely open to lots of possibilities. And if if he has that good World Cup, then I think um, that that's the type of thing that can really really boost his profile. So who knows? I think we'll just have to wait and see. And Simon, for you, what, what would you say is is Barrios' ceiling? Honestly, um, for the type of player he is and for the qualities he has. I don't think there is any club which would be too good for him. And again, who knows? He's not a kind of player who we look at and we say, wow, look at that pass. Or, wow, you know, he makes some nice passes. Or, wow, look at that 50-yard run on beating 10 players. Or He doesn't do anything particularly that stands out. But also, he never does anything wrong. And he's as athletic as anyone else on the pitch. And he makes some nice passes. His decision-making is very good. You know, he has all of the qualities for the type of player he is, for the, you know, the ball winner, uh, the, the conservative ball winner in the midfield, um, to, to really fit at any level. You know, I think he's the kind of player as if I was on football manager, needed a central midfielder, regardless of the club, I would, I would, I would give him, I'd give him a call if the money was right. So I think, um, yeah, absolutely. I could see him as the kind of player, you know, as much as anyone we've really spoken about on the podcast previously who could go even at a level that maybe is beyond his technical ability. The, the physicality he has, the, the conservative decision-making, the, the maturity he has. I think he would do a job at pretty much any team. Uh, you need someone to come in and run around and win the ball and keep the ball and, and be tenacious and lift those around him. I think you, you couldn't do a lot better than Wilmar Barrios for many, many European teams. So for me... You know, the next step is important. He needs game time. He needs to be trusted. But I would, I would throw him in anywhere and, and trust him to do a, to do a good, solid seven out of 10 performance in most games. So for me, yeah, if there's not any team that needs a midfield destroyer, give, give Barrios a call and you can't, you can't go wrong. 
Well, thank you so much for your input, Simon. We've loved having you on the show as always. That'll do it for us this time on the Scouting Spotlight pod. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on Twitter for all the latest from us. All that's left for me to say for now is goodbye and thanks for listening.